Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And for this season we're trying to tackle the cost of living crisis. So we're looking at trying to grow as much food as we can in different spaces to replicate what you might have at home. Now, Today is Saturday the 9th of April 2022 and this week obviously I haven't gone down to the allotment so much in the evenings because of the toothache that I've had. Once again apologies for that from last week. But today I have spent the day at home. Now we've noticed the quails, I've only got two female quails at the moment. We're waiting for them to pass on because we've... We've, we're not looking to keep the quails, but we have got our first quail egg for the season. Now, I like quail's eggs. They are really tasty. We, we, we just got overrun with them and we didn't eat enough of them, which is why we're thinking of getting rid of our quails. But to get our first one, going to go down well. We'll eat that. We'll probably get some more over the next few days as well. I expect that both of them will start laying very soon and every day we will get a quail egg. Now... I've also gone into, in, this is in the vegetable patch area, the main vegetable patch area, where I have the Christmas dinner bed. This is the bed that I'm just growing our Christmas dinner in this year. Into that, I've sown a row of parsnips and there's a row of carrots, which will hopefully grow quite nicely at this time of year. It should germinate quite well and go on to provide us with carrots and parsnips on our Christmas dinner. We're starting to really get this Christmas dinner bed into action now. In fact, what I've had to do is put up one of the wire fences around this. This was one of the wire fences that I used last year. I don't like the look of it, but it'll do for now until I can really get to work on it. We've also added some King Edward potatoes to some pots in order to grow King Edward potatoes this year. But we're growing them in pots instead of actually in a bed because last year the potatoes just outgrew everything and smothered everything. So we're trying to do that a little bit differently. Now from there I headed over into the front of my podding shed which is where I've built the balcony area. Now all I've done is I've measured out the the area to try and replicate a balcony and it's going to be tricky. I've got to say it's very small space but what I've done I had some plastic shelves, two of these that were sitting around not really doing much. One goes up to about five foot high which we've put alongside the side. And then we've got one that comes up to about three foot waist height roughly, which we're using as well uh, along the back against the, the, the flat wall, if you like. Now these will all have pots on them of plants and hanging baskets as well to try and make use of the space. But also underneath for storage for things like compost and pots which hopefully just tries to use this space to its most, while also allowing areas for things like drying clothes. What I've yet to do is build like a fence around it so it does really replicate a balcony. Now, talking of pot plants, this week I have selected six plants that grow really well in pots, but are perennial and give us lots of harvest throughout the year. And this is my first three choices. This week, I wanted to discuss with you about a few plants that we can grow in pots that are perennial, i.e. they come back year after year and they provide us 
with lots of food. Now, the reason I'm doing this, obviously, the cost of living crisis is a target that I'm trying to help people just think about how we can grow our own food and target this cost of living crisis. And it seems to be working. I do think people are growing their own food and affording a lot more things in their life. But I also wanted these to be cost effective and that's why I selected perennial plants and they're pretty cheap to buy. They can be grown from seed, but also they I have recommended these as being grown in pots, but there's no reason that they can't go in the ground. I'm just sticking with the pots for various reasons. So let's get on with what the first three are in this section now the first plant that i have is actually one of my favorite leafy greens it's a plant that i only discovered a few years ago i planted it once and for years and years we kept harvesting these leaves until the plant eventually died about six seven years so it lasted quite a while that is sorrel now sorrel is also known as woodsaw. It's a delicious lemony flavoured leaf. You can get it in two different colours, either just pure green or with red veined, otherwise known as red veined sorrel. And this plant is so hardy. It can take a drought, it can take a harsh winter, and it will just keep coming back. And it's also one of the earliest plants to start to grow. Now, what I found with sorrel, it does grow really big, really big. In fact, the bigger the pot, the bigger it's going to get. So I do recommend growing it in a pot to kind of contain itself. But the other advantage with sorrel is that it can grow really nicely in the shade as well. And what what it is, it's a leafy green bit like lettuce. We pick a few leaves here and there as and when we need them. We slice them up and use them in salads. But also we can cook them up at a bit similar to spinach. So many different uses and it gives us this beautiful lemon flavour. It is absolutely delicious and it goes well with quite a few dishes as well. So sorrel is top of this list. And if you haven't tried sorrel, Go and try it right away. My next item is one that many people will not think about growing it in a pot, but it can be done. And it does actually do quite well in a pot, as long as the pot is big enough. And that is rhubarb. Now, I chose rhubarb because we harvest rhubarb right up from about now, right up till August. We get a long period of just constantly harvesting rhubarb stalks and our freezer is constantly full of rhubarb either chopped up and frozen in sticks stewed in crumbles and you name it it's there in our freezer now the thing with growing rhubarb in stalks is that it does need a very big pot i'm actually using one this year when I, I build this patio garden which is about a 60 centimeter trunk quite one of those plastic trucks i'm using that to grow rhubarb in and the rhubarb i've actually grown from seed this year so it's really not cost me much money to to use 
Now, alternatively, if you haven't got any rhubarb seeds or you're not growing your rhubarb from seed, it is certainly very possible to go and buy a crown from a garden centre at the moment and plant that. It will establish quite nicely, but it will, more importantly, provide us with some good food. The only thing, as I say, you make sure the pot is big enough. There's some really good, rich compost with lots of organic matter added in and it is well watered throughout the growing season just to make sure it is established now my third item is a herb now many people will know that i always recommend growing herbs because i think they are so useful in the kitchen and they can be used in so many different meals but this particular one mint now mint is really a useful herb to in the kitchen Used so much, uh, boiled potatoes with a few minced leaves in it just adds a bit of flavour. But the reason I'm saying grow this in a pot, and it does best in a pot in my eyes, is because mint has a habit of growing and expanding its root system and taking over an area if it's allowed to get away. So by growing it in a pot, we're restricting those roots down to that pot area and therefore not letting it get away. Now, I actually have mint in a Belfast sink, which actually does very, very well in that sink. But there's other things you could use, other sinks, not just a Belfast sink. If you've got an old sink or just an old bean can or something like that that you can grow mint in, it will do fine. Again, plenty of compost, plenty of watering. They can be quite thirsty plants, but really, apart from a good amount of watering, they don't need much care. The only thing I also recommend is in late summer they can start to flower but before they flower what I like to do is chop half of my Belfast sink down right down to root level right down to the ground. Now that leaves me with a few mint leaves from the other halves I can harvest and usually what I find is that when the mint starts to grow back the second half is starting to flower and that's when I have to cut that second half down. But I'm never running out of mint because I can use it from both sides, if that makes sense. Harvesting it from when it's just started to regrow from the first half cut down while the second half has been cut down. So mint is my third choice for perennial plants that we could grow in pots. Now with that, I will be coming back with three more in just a moment. But first, let's carry on finding out what I've been up to in the garden. Well, it is Sunday the 10th of April 2022 today. I'm somewhere where we don't have many plants in pots and that is the allotment. Now I say that, obviously I'm talking about these perennial plants that do well in pots today. And that is a, a bit of a, a focus We've just had the first three and we've got three more coming up in just a moment. But the reason I don't grow so many in pots down on the allotment is because of watering. When plants are in pots, I find they need a lot more watering. And unless you can get down here daily, uh, it's not feasible to grow many plants in pots. So I prefer to grow them in the ground down here. That being said, I do have in the greenhouse the wicking beds that I built and have designed and used, which seem to work quite nicely for me down here on the allotment. Wind's just starting to pick up for some reason, I don't know why. Now, that, that seems to retain moisture quite well, but that's not really what I want to talk about while I'm here on the allotment today. 
today I have been continuing on with the spring tidy up, clearing out weeds, got the lawnmower down to cut a lot of grass. But I've also had the offer of another greenhouse, which, first of all, I turned it down. It was my stepfather who offered it to me, and it was his dad who unfortunately passed away last year from COVID. My step-granddad is probably the easiest way to describe it. And uh, first of all, I turned it down because I thought I didn't have anywhere. And then I've given it some thought. And I believe we're allowed two greenhouses on each plot. And I've looked at it and I have figured out somewhere where I think I might be able to pot this greenhouse. So I'm clearing the area to try and make room for this second greenhouse to go. I've got to get permission before it goes in, but at least if I can figure it out and figure the sizing out, I think we're going to do okay. It's the same size as Grandad's greenhouse, six by eight. So I'm thinking the two next to each other or one in front of the other should look quite nicely and should also fit in really well. And what this is going to do, it's going to open up the possibility then I could grow, let's say, tomatoes, chilies, peppers in one greenhouse. The other one could be cucumbers, which needs slightly different conditions, needs slightly more humid conditions. So I'm thinking it is possibly going to work out quite well doing this. Once I cleared this space out, and I've been clearing the space out, measuring it out, and telling myself and thinking about it do I really want to do this do I need this and is it going to be worth it the reason I I do like having a greenhouse I've got a greenhouse at home which has done me really well and granddad's greenhouse that I have down here has also done me well but what I do find with a greenhouse is especially in the middle of summer there are a bit more work a lot more watering has to go on that, that needs regular visits maybe twice a day if it's really really hot the other thing I've got to bear in mind is that they are both contain glass and through the winter we do end up losing a few panes of glass now I've what I tend to do I keep an eye on Facebook Marketplace now, and if I see anybody giving away glass, greenhouse glass, I will grab it and just keep it in my shed for safekeeping until such time as I need it. I know that might be a little bit greedy of me, but it seems to work quite nicely. It, again, it falls into this whole money-saving experience because glass panels are £6 a piece locally. And I've, I know I've got some panels I've got to replace on this. One, two, just looking at Grandad's greenhouse at the moment. One, two, three, four, five, six panels that need replacing, which I've got a glass for. I've just got to cut it down. I'm waiting for my stepdad to come down because he's a bit more experienced with cutting glass. So, yeah, we're going to be trying to cut the glass and fit that back into place. So, yes, that is what I've been up to down on the allotment. As a quick, just sort of run through, I guess, the garlic is looking good. The onions are looking good, the overwintering onions. The shallots are looking exceptionally good, actually. And then the, the onions that were planted in spring... They're not doing much yet, just starting to see some sign of life, but not a huge amount just yet. And then we've got spring-planted garlic, 
which I've got to plant some more garlic out actually. That's also starting to show itself and is also looking quite good. I'm also just looking at the two beds that I filled with overwintering green manures and the mustard is starting to flower so I've got to cut that down quite soon actually. The facilia is also looking nice and big and growing well and doing what it should be doing of blocking out all the light from any weeds. So overall the allotment is starting to really come together now. It's still it's still too early to get too much planted out I think. That'll come in next month and I'm just spending this time making sure we get it all ready for next month. I'm going to head on home so in the meantime do you want to hear my next three choices of plants that grow well in pots but will give you lots of harvests? Well, continuing on with our list of perennial plants that grow well in pots. Now, I've got three more for you. There's lots more that we could have chosen, but I've nailed this down to some that I find do really well in pots, but also provide us with plenty of fruit. And I said fruit there, didn't I? Yes, because these three are all fruit. In the last section, we had a couple of vegetable plants and a herb one. And this time I'm sticking with three fruit plants. Fruit, I've got to say, fruit is expensive to buy. And if it grows by your back door, not only is it fresher and tastier, but it also works out quite a bit cheaper. So it's well worth growing fruit from a money-saving perspective. First on my list is something that I find actually on that note to be very expensive in the supermarket. But you can get plenty of these fruits from just one tree. And that is blueberry. Now blueberries, we've got quite a few blueberry plants. We get quite a nice selection of blueberries every year. They are absolutely delicious. But the plants come back year after year in fact they don't really die back except they lose their leaves but every year we get a good selection of these beautiful blueberry fruits now blueberries do like ericaceous soil so that's why it's best to grow them in pots that you fill up with ericaceous compost this just has something to do with the ph that blueberries like but in terms of care Blueberries need very little care apart from lots of water. And when I say lots of water, they need lots of water. They're almost bogger plants. So making sure they've got plenty of water is a very key thing in ensuring that we get good fruits from these. Apart from that, they don't need much care. They don't really need much pruning. They don't need much feeding. They don't need anything else. I do like to add a layer of mulch around the top of our pots just to hold them in in fact one blueberry plant that i've got is growing it in a galvanized corner metal tray uh, feeding trough if you like and it does fantastic in that because there's no real way for water escape out the bottom it does hold on to water quite well maintaining that bog plant the next on my list is strawberries. Now, everybody loves strawberries and the first strawberries of the season are always the best. The reason that I've put strawberries down here is that, yes, they do very, very well in pots, but they also do very, very well in hanging baskets, which I determined as a similar thing to pots. 
They do also need a bit of watering and a bit of tomato feed from time to time as well, just to provide the best for them. But the great thing about strawberries is that it's possible to get early fruiting varieties and late fruiting varieties. So you can get strawberries going on right throughout the season. And added to that, strawberries produce runners. So you get extra plants year on year, which helps you build more and more plants. And the following year means you will get more and more fruits. Pots lend themselves nicely to strawberries because they can just pop more and more into different pots to in order to keep them going. So yes, strawberries are a really good one for pots. Now my final one is a bit of a, another oddball and this is a peach tree. Now I spent a bit of time wondering if it was worth putting a tree down on this list. Trees are generally expensive. They need a lot of work when they're in pots but I do think they are worth it. But the reason I went for my peach tree is because I've always grown my peaches or my peach tree in a pot because then I can move it in and out of my greenhouse over the winter. And this just provides it with a bit of protection from peach leaf curl, which is a nasty fungal disease that peaches do suffer from quite often. Now, by moving it in and out of my greenhouse, it means I never suffer from peach leaf curl. And it's very similar to what Victorian gardens would do with their peaches, where although they were in the ground, they would actually put little glass panels above them to sort of shelter the rain to stop it landing on their leaves and causing this fungal disease. Now, of course, not everybody has a greenhouse, but there's no reason that you can't move this peach tree inside an unheated room or inside a conservatory throughout the winter months just to ensure that you can get the avoid peach leaf curl. So why are they on this list as a, a great item? Because peaches are delicious. They're very expensive to buy and a small tree can actually provide you with quite a few peaches and it will more than pay for itself. In terms of care, they do need a bit of pruning in the winter months. But again, just making sure they got good compost when they're planted, good bit of feed every couple of weeks during the growing season and plenty of water as well during the growing season. And that should help you provide and that should help provide you with some really good peaches. I also recommend that my peach tree at the moment has just sort of finished flowering. I can see I've got some little peaches developing, but because it's in a greenhouse and it flowers quite early, I do have to act like a bee with a paintbrush and go round and move from flower to flower, collecting the pollen on my paintbrush and potting it into another flower in order to pollinate my peaches. It's not hard to do, it takes seconds, but it is well worth doing because I can see I've got plenty of peaches starting to form. Now, I may have to thin out some of those peaches if they grow too many, but we'll worry about that as and when it happens. Well, that is my six choices for my six top perennial plants that do well in pots. So let's get back to the gardening. 
Well, there we have it, six of my perennial plants that I've chosen that do well in pots. This is obviously, of course, going in line with this cost of living crisis and the areas I'm building currently for this year to produce more food in the balcony area, the patio area and the front garden. But of course, if you've got any perennial plants that you want to add to the list, then please do let me know. Now I should say this is Monday the 11th of April 2022. I'm in the podding shed and as I always like to do on a Mondays now I am just pricking out a few of my seedlings. I would be sowing seeds but I'm not sure what seeds to sow it at the moment so I'm just pricking out a few of my plants. These are my cabbage plants, my rhubarb and quite a few other plants that are all going into bigger pots or into plug plants and then some of the plug plants are also going into bigger pots. Now I'm starting to put some of my young plants into my greenhouse now. The greenhouse seems to be warm enough overnight for it to last and the plants don't seem to be struggling. We've got a few aubergines out there and chilli plants all of which seem to be doing rather well. What I've got to keep doing during now and well until we get them planted out is I have got to make sure I water them quite regularly. I do have set up inside the greenhouse a solar powered watering system which actually does very well but at the moment that's uh, watering some of my larger plants that are in pots, my banana and my peach tree for example. But eventually when we put all the plants into beds they waterers they drip feed water every three hours they will have to have some of the drippers into the plants probably my tomatoes will go into this now what something else that i'm preparing for is when i harden off my plants when my plants get moved outside and when i was tidying up my garden at the weekend i used to have this cold frame that i bought last year but the top two panels which were a twin walled polycarbonate had given in and they had collapsed in on themselves and basically it had no top panels now I could have replaced the, the panels for twin walled polycarbonate but what I've decided to do instead is get some Enviromesh and just staple that on the inside in place of the panels so that it holds onto a bit of heat but not in quite the same way as twin walled polycarbonate and this will be for when I start hardening my plants off probably later on this month and this is great because I feel like this is going to be a unit a cold frame that I continue to use in the coming years it's all a lot of fun best of all for me it's recycling I only bought this cold frame last year and like a lot of the cold frames I bought last year I don't feel they have done that well it's standing up to the test of time well, that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope it's been of some interest to you. If it has, then perhaps you consider joining my supporters club. You can find the details on the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk, but I charge £5 a month. And for that, you get extra podcasts each week, plus a collection of seeds sent to your door each month. Also, you can buy merchandise available on the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk as well. If you want to get in touch, it's richard at veggrowerpodcast.co.uk is my email, or you can find me on social media, just contact me through any way like that. Alternatively, visit veggrowerpodcast.co.uk and you can leave a voicemail, leave a comment on the end of a blog post. Right, until next time, please take care. <laughs> <laughs>